Welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and we're going to dive into a topic that is hitting us hard as we are here in the middle of our crisis of schools being shut down and special education really taking a hit when it comes to providing services for students. So when you've been in the special education community for as long as I have, 20 some years, you know when something is brewing. You know when you start seeing lawyers and the legal advocates start to kind of round up together and find strategies to work together to start approaching lawmakers, you know that something big is coming. And then right behind that movement starts the parent advocacy groups. And now don't get me wrong, I love that lawyers and legal advocates and parent groups have broken through boundaries that were set a long time ago. You know, it was absolutely imperative that these lawyers and advocates work together to make sure that every child would receive an education. So by no means am I saying that I don't appreciate the work that they are doing, especially in this crisis right now. But there's something happening on social media, specifically on Facebook, that I'm seeing getting passed around throughout all the parent support groups on all of the advocacy pages. And it's a little bit frustrating. It's a little bit concerning, especially when we're working so hard to try to do our best through this crisis. So, you know, I went to school to become a special education teacher because special education was hard for my family to navigate. It was difficult for my brother to get the right education. He's 42 with Down syndrome. And I knew at the age of 10 that something had to be different. So I went to become a special education teacher and I only lasted a few years in the classroom. And that's not because I got burnt out and it's not because I didn't love my job. It's because I really loved the process of helping schools and parents work together to build IEPs that makes sense. So right now we're in this pivotal point that to me is, is just as important as when the law was enacted in 1975 that said everybody gets an education because right now those inequalities are very apparent, but there's a big difference. The difference is that teachers and teams and admins for the most part, okay, working behind the scenes, are trying to make this work. You know, we've worked really hard to create this IEP document together that's gonna prepare a child for further education, employment, independent living. We've absolutely tried to cover all the details that need to happen, but it would be foolish to think that that, documented, that document could be implemented in full when we are on a shutdown in our schools. It's just not going to happen. So the lawyers and the legal advocates are out doing their thing when it comes to making sure that the law is going to uh, be upheld as best as possible during this situation. And there's a lot of parent groups that are giving suggestions on what to do next because schools are being told by their lawyers that they need to create addendums for this situation and start to alter a child's IEP document. Well, that right there is going to put 
parent groups and legal advocates and lawyers on fire that they're going to try to manipulate paperwork. Okay. So I'm watching all of this happen. Now, remember I work nationwide. I'm, I work with school districts. I work with parents. I speak at parent support groups. I do professional development for schools. I see all these different sides of what's happening. So the lawyers are doing their things proactive and the schools are doing their things proactive. And now there's this letter that is floating around Facebook telling parents exactly what they should write if they get a letter from their school district suggesting an addendum to the IEP. So just, if you haven't seen the letter, let me just tell you a couple things that are in the letter. It says that if you get this letter from the school district saying that we're gonna make an amendment to your IEP due to this crisis, that you should write back a letter that says, and I'm just gonna summarize a couple of the points here, you will not sign any addendum without an IEP meeting. Now, this is what the letter says. The letter says, send this back to the school. I will not sign any addendum without an IEP meeting. I am not a teacher. My child requires a teacher to make progress. Therefore, when we get back in school, I immediately want an evaluation to evaluate if the child is going to qualify for extended school year, so ESY services and compensatory education, and that you absolutely want an in-person meeting when school resumes within 30 days. That's what the letter says. And for a lot of people who are upset about what's happening in the special education community, for a lot of parents, that's going to feel like, yes, I should write that. Let me please ask you to take a pause and think about this for a minute. Let me give you a couple of reasons why you may not want to take that advice. Number one, that letter was written without your child or your family's individual you know, needs taken into consideration. They don't know your family. They don't know your priorities. They don't know what you're going through. So your advice when it comes to getting help for what you should do for your child's IEP should not just be a form letter that you cut and paste. Now, I have templates that I use with all of my clients that are inside of the special education inner circle. I have templates that I use when I'm training, you know, parents and teachers and admins and therapists to be master IEP coaches. But every one of those templates needs to be personalized to what a child truly needs to have an individualized education. So number one, that letter cannot be cut and paste. Number two, it says that you're supposed to tell the school that you're not signing an addendum to the IEP. Guess what? Not all states require you to sign for a change in the IEP. Now, some of you guys were surprised by that because maybe your state does. Some of you are nodding your head saying, yep, my district has made it clear that I don't have to sign everything. I have to be notified. I have to be included, but I don't have to sign for approval. So that statement becomes irrelevant for many states. The third thing is by saying, I'm not a teacher and my child requires a teacher to make progress, that's sarcasm. And we just don't need that in this time. The school district knows that you're not a teacher. They know that your child needs specialized services. Otherwise, they wouldn't have an IEP.
So that's completely unnecessary for you to make a statement pointing out the obvious of what we already know is true. And it sets the wrong tone for when we go back to school. The fourth thing is that if everyone demands an IEP meeting within the first 30 days of returning to school, guess what? Parents, teachers, admins, you guys are going to be stuck in meetings after meetings after meetings. Nobody's going to be able to do their job or get back to whatever this new normal is going to be if we're all stuck in meetings when we get back. So what are some things that you can do instead? I know that we're in a crisis. I realize that IEPs are not being upheld. I completely get that compensatory services and ESY and all those things are gonna have to be considered. But sending a form letter that demands those things is not going to put us on the right track to get back to an education that is meaningful. So the first thing that you can do is make sure that you're documenting your child's current baseline skills in the areas that mean the most to you as a parent. See, throughout this process, one of the main things that I've been working on with everyone inside of the inner circle and inside of the Master IP Coach program is figuring out what are the priority skills? Because let's just face it, most of you guys have found some things in your child's IEP when you went through it during this crisis and you're thinking, why are we working on this? Or my child's already mastered that. Or we've been trying this for three years and it's still not working. We need to do something different. So make sure that you're taking current baseline data on what your child can do in the areas of the IEP that are meaningful to your child and for your family. We absolutely, number two, we have to prioritize stabilizing and possibly making progress in those areas that are most important. That doesn't mean you have to work on everything all the time. So you may say, that um, communication of wants and needs and emotional regulation are highest priority right now and that's where we need to focus and that's okay. That doesn't mean that reading's not important. It means that you're gonna focus on some priority skills to help your child to make sure that they are ready to get back to school when that time comes. You have to ask your team for help. And that's the third one. I am talking with teachers and teams who are at a loss of what to do next when it comes to helping their kiddos who have IEPs at home. You have got to tell the team what you need, whether it's a visual so you can have a better bedtime routine, or if you need some um, teaching uh, tips on how to help your child take turns with their siblings. Here's the thing, parents, I've been hearing you say forever that you wish the team understood what home life was like so they could write a better IEP for school. Guess what? Now's your time. Let the team see what really is happening in your home so they can help support you and help your child get through this crisis so they're in a good spot when they return back to school. The fourth thing that you can do right now is if your team offers a virtual IEP meeting, say Yes. In fact, I did an entire training on this. It's free for you to watch. I'll put the link down below here in the show notes so you can access the replay of how to prep for a virtual IEP meeting. 
I've been attending IEP meetings virtually for 20 years. It works. It actually can be more productive sometimes than a meeting in person. And you absolutely can have your voice heard. You can be an equal IEP team member and everybody at the table can feel confident when they walk away from that virtual IEP meeting. So say yes to the virtual IEP meeting. Now here's the big one. This is the last thing that I need you to really get ready for. Through this crisis, there's a lot of different opinions, a lot of different um, suggestions of what should be happening, what shouldn't be happening, what's going to happen when everybody gets back to school. And I need you to follow your gut instinct. And this goes for the entire team. Parents, teachers, admins, therapists, listen to your gut of what's right for your child or your individual student when it comes to deciding what's going to happen next. There's going to be the parent advocacy groups that are going to put people on fire. There's going to be lawyers that are ready to go ahead and sue the school district over services not being done. Again, I appreciate their work and there is absolutely a need for it, but not everybody needs to take that route. In fact, majority will not need to. If you're working with the team through this crisis, if you're saying yes to the virtual IEP meeting, if you're prioritizing your child's education, if you're not using sarcasm and anger to try to communicate what your child needs and you open up the communication in a positive way and you start to really focus on stabilizing your child and making sure they're ready to learn when they get back into school, you're not going to have to have such a big struggle when that time comes. I'll be totally honest with you right now. Anybody who writes that letter and sends it to the school district, they're going to be put in queue to work with the admin. And that line is going to be really long, meaning that you're going to be put in the position when you send that letter that you're going to have to wait for the admin to get to you because the teacher is going to be afraid to talk to you. Because with that tone, with that letter, it's saying, I don't want to work through this situation. I'm going to wait for you to make it right. And I'm not going to sign anything to change anything because we already decided on an IEP and that's how it needs to be. And you know what? We need to have some grace in this situation and recognize when the team is trying to do their best. Again, there's going to be compensatory education. There's going to be ASY. There's going to be some uncomfortable, sticky conversations because there is going to be some regression. All of that is going to happen, but the way you handle it, the way that you direct your communication right now, the way you build with your team right now virtually is going to have a huge impact on how well your child adjusts back into the school system and how well your team moves forward working together to get back to, again, whatever this new normal is going to be. So I want to invite you to come join me inside of the Special Education Inner Circle. I've mes me mentioned that a few times. So come on into specialedinnercircle.com where I can help you through making these decisions. Or you've heard me mention about the Master IEP Coach Program. You can find more information about that at masteriepcoach.com. And whatever you do, make sure that you're making decisions based on your knowledge of your child, of your students, and your gut instincts. There's no need for you to jump 
on the negativity train because other people are saying this is what you need to do. You do what's right for your family and for your students, and that's where the biggest results are going to come. All right, everyone, thank you for being here, and I hope to see you again soon.